High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. How many excited for the word? Amen. Uh, we've already mentioned it, but we're getting ready in a couple days to celebrate uh, about a week and a half what is one of my favorite days of the year, Thanksgiving. Anybody else Thanksgiving on the top, top of the holiday list for you? I see a lot of men's hands going up. They're like, yes, Jesus, a day to eat and watch football. That is every man's, like most men's, ideal day. Food and football. And the men said, all right, any ladies say, all right, a couple of y'all. My wife was amening. Uh, we love football, but we love to cook. But it's a great day. Thanksgiving's an awesome day, a really fun day with family, with food, with all that stuff. And uh, it's a day where we really have time to sit back and be thankful for everything God has done for you. How many of you have had something just over the last year God's done for you that you have to be thankful for? Amen. How many have more than one thing that you have to over the past year to say, God has been good to me and I can be thankful this year? Here's the reality, though. If we're really honest with ourselves, our society in general leans much more into complaining than into thanks. As a matter of fact, just our fleshly nature leans much more into complaining than it does into thanks. You ever had the Lord convict you for complaining too much? Hallelujah. I've had the Lord convict me before and say, hey, you've got a lot to be thankful for. Maybe you should focus on that for a minute. And I go, yes, sir, I'm so sorry. But our society leans really into unthankfulness. And if you don't believe me, just get on Twitter for a minute and you'll find out just how much everybody likes to complain about everything on the face of the planet. Everything that doesn't go the way that they think it should go, everything that goes wrong, we complain about it, we talk about it. And if you don't believe me from that, then maybe on Black Friday, just go to a store and watch people fight over a $20 toaster. A toaster was only $24 before. Y'all are going to fight over $4 off. Y'all have just gotten convinced that it's such a good deal that you've got to get after somebody. But people will get crazy. But I want us to dig a little bit deeper today. I want us to look at the power of thanksgiving because it is more than a meal. It's more than just saying, I'm thankful. And it will do a lot more in your life whenever you operate from the principle of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has the power to unlock the supernatural power of God within your life. Even in, in the Old Covenant, if you go back and read Malachi chapter, chapter 2, it talks about the priesthood and how those who didn't operate from a thankful a heart of thanksgiving and a thankful place, that it would bring a curse upon them. Can I tell you today that even under grace, that if you don't operate in a new covenant, if you don't operate with a heart of thanksgiving, things are not going to go well for you. Things are going to be much more difficult for you when you don't operate with a heart of thanksgiving. When you don't operate with a heart that is thankful and grateful for everything God has done, it makes things harder on you. Why do you think the enemy wants to make you negative? Because negativity creates an open door for the enemy to come and wreak havoc in your life. Why do you think he wants to make you complain and focus on and vocalize your negativity? I'm just going to say this for a second. You have to be careful what you vocalize. Just because you think it don't mean you need to say it. <laughs> Just because you think it doesn't mean that you need to say it. And if you're married and haven't figured that out by now, 
God bless you. You're going to figure it out real quickly when you say something and go, I made a huge, tiny mistake. <laughs> Sometimes you have to, you have to, the Bible talks about taking every thought captive. Just because something pops in your head doesn't mean that it needs to run you. Because the enemy will put things in your mind and he will put voices around you to say things to you that you need to reject and not listen to. And you need to live with a heart of gratitude. The Bible says this, that death and life are in the power of the, and those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Let me put it this way to you. Whatever you say is what you're going to have to eat. Whatever you declare is what you're going to feast on. And if you're constantly declaring negativity, guess what you're going to feast on? The harvest of negativity. If you're constantly talking about how terrible your kids are, guess what's going to happen? If you're constantly talking about how broke you are, guess what's going to happen? If you're constantly talking about how sick you are, guess what's going to happen? Because you're going to eat the fruit of what you say. Now, obviously, you can go overboard in this, and, and you can get to a place where you never talk about anything that's really going on in your life. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying be Elsa and conceal, don't feel. It's not what I'm saying. Parents, parents got that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying just hide everything. What I am saying, though, is if you have an issue, you need to talk about it and work it out and get a new perspective of thanksgiving and gratitude and not just talk about how bad it is and it's never going to get any worse and it's always going to be broken and it's always going to be messed up because you will get what you say. Are you all with me? Have an attitude of thanksgiving and of gratitude. Because, listen, pessimism will stop the flow of the supernatural power of God in your life. It stops the blessing of God in your life. Are you in 1 Thessalonians 5 yet? Very familiar passage of Scripture. In verse 16, it says this, Rejoice always. It doesn't say rejoice some of the time. It doesn't say rejoice when things are going well. It doesn't say rejoice whenever you get a raise. It doesn't say rejoice. Now, we're going to do all those things. But it says rejoice always. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. Get this. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And then verse 19 is really interesting because verse 19 immediately says this. Do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. What is the will of God for you? To give thanks. Not just in the good times. But in everything give thanks. We don't thank God for the trial. But we thank God through the trial. We don't thank God for the difficulty. But we thank God through the difficulty. We don't thank God for insufficiency, but we thank God through insufficiency. Does that make sense to you? In the midst of it, we keep thanking God because it is thanksgiving that brings you through to the other side. And the reality is this. You know why God tells us this? You know why this is important? Because in verse 19, it says this. Do not quench the Spirit. Because whenever you fail to live in thanksgiving, it will quench the work of the Spirit of God within your life. It's the will of God for us to give thanks in every situation. Not just the good, but every situation. This is the reality. You can be thankful regardless of your circumstances. You know I know that? Because Paul told us that. Philippians 4.13 is a very famous passage of Scripture. We use it for sporting events, right? It's one that coaches quote at kids whenever they know their team is going to get slaughtered. 
I know you're outmatched, but today you're David going out to face Goliath. And you know what the Bible says, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. It's like the four scriptures they know, and one of them is Philippians 4, 13. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You can, I don't know where it's at, but my grandma told me that one time. You can do all things through Christ who gives you, we made that the athletic scripture, right? We make that the graduate, Jeremiah 29, 11 is the graduation scripture. We have, we have certain scriptures we use for certain applications and events, and we completely remove them from the context of their entire, uh, entirety of what is being said, because Philippians 4.13 is not about sports. I know you're disappointed. Philippians 4.13 is not about your job, necessarily. It can be. It's not about making money. You know what it's about? Go read Philippians. I'm just going to read to you. Philippians uh, 4.12 says this, I know what it is to have little. And I know what it is to have plenty. In any and in all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and going hungry, of having plenty and being need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what, you know what Paul is telling us there? He's saying in the midst of every situation, whether it is good or whether it is bad, I have learned that through the power of God that is within me, that I can do everything and I can make it through whatever life throws at me and whatever situation I face because I am not driven by my circumstances. I am not driven by what I'm experiencing. I'm not driven by what somebody else did to me, said about me, what my boss did, what my spouse did what my kids did I am driven by a God who strengthens me and gives me power to make it through every situation and you know the only way you can be in that position living with a thankful heart that when it looks good you give thanks then when it doesn't look good you give thanks that in the midst of everything you are thankful and express gratitude Paul's learned to be thankful in all things and because of that he can make it through anything Listen, if Paul could be thankful in the midst of his trials, you can be thankful today. I'm not trying to downplay what you've been through, but I promise you, Paul's been through a little bit more. Dad said it for years. If you start reading about everything Paul went through, it sounds a bit like a, a country song sometimes. One of my favorite things that Paul talks about when he talks about all his trials, there's this one sentence that we just kind of read over. It says this, in deaths, often. If you didn't know this, Paul was actually killed more than once in, in Scripture. And he kept, kept coming back. <laughs> he was like the Energizer Bunny. He just kept going and going and going. Killed, they took Paul out and they stoned him and Paul was back. That had to be almost a little bit frustrating if you were Paul. Got stoned, died, still had to come back and couldn't go to heaven because I had to keep praying for people. That would be a bit frustrating for Paul. In deaths, often. Yet Paul still found a way to be thankful even in the midst of that. If Paul could be thankful in the midst of his trials, what is our excuse in the midst of our trials? Paul had supernatural power released through his life. You know why? Because he lived thankfully. Because he lived with a grateful heart. There is something about thanksgiving that begins to unlock and release the supernatural. Turn over to John chapter 6 real quick. I want to show you this in the life of Jesus. Jesus does the same thing. We see where thanksgiving and I want to read one. I'm going to quote a couple others. But Jesus, some of his greatest miracles are always preceded by giving thanks. Preceded by giving thanks. John 6, verse 1, it says this. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. 
Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up to the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Jesus is tricky like that. He'll ask you questions knowing what he's going to do just to see how you respond. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. So 200 denarii, which is a lot of money, by the way, isn't sufficient enough that even everybody can just have a little bit. Not enough. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Notice that the men sat down in number about 5,000. We talk about how Jesus fed the 5,000. Jesus didn't feed the 5,000. He fed 5,000 men plus women and children. Jesus filled a basketball stadium full of people. Verse 11, and Jesus took the loaves, and here's the key, and when he had given thanks... He distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. This really, in a lot of ways, outside of like a resurrection, which we'll talk about in a minute too, is one of the most incredible, mind-blowing miracles of Jesus just on paper when you really kind of look at it. Because once again, how many grew up going to church? How many grew up in church? How many remember remember a flannel graph maybe in kids' church? Y'all know what I'm talking about? All right, some of y'all some of y'all ain't churchy enough for that. The flannel graph, the board that they would have the characters that they put up there, and we had brown hair, white, blue eyed Jesus that was up there. Y'all know what I'm talking about? With his and and with in this parable you had Jesus with the loaves and the fish and the lo the, the fish the, the the loaves were like party subs from Subway, right? Like the eight foot long party sub that you get, and the and the fish. So it's like five party subs and then two like whole salmons, and that was the picture that we all know what I'm talking about. Growing up, this was a lunch for a little boy. Now, I've got a 13-year-old, and he can eat, but five party subs and two whole salmon would even test the capacity of his stomach. This was not the lunch the boy had. He didn't have party subs and whole fish. You know what he had? If you actually look it up, he probably had about, about silver dollar-sized little pieces of flatbread and some dried sardines. That would have been, doesn't that sound appetizing? Making y'all really want to go to lunch right now. Dry bread and, sard and dried sardines. Delicious. That's what he had. It was enough for one boy. As a matter of fact, I, I, even, I even imagine the disciples, we read this, right? Like, like Andrew goes, Jesus, I got the, I, got, I, found, I found the solution. And I don't really think that was probably Andrew's, what he was doing there. My opinion here, this is my opinion can't necessarily derive it from the text. But my opinion is Andrew was probably being a little bit facetious. Hey, Jesus, we got one kid over here who's willing to give his lunch. Got a little bit of bread and a couple fish. 
ain't gonna do much. But listen, insufficiency, once thanksgiving is applied, becomes supernatural abundance. Insufficiency, once thanksgiving is applied, becomes a miracle. The miraculous is released over what seems like it is not enough. Whenever you look at what isn't enough and you give thanks for it, even when it seems like it isn't the fix and it isn't the answer and it isn't the solution, you give thanks for what's in your hand right now and it begins to be multiplied into a place of abundance. I know that your family situation might seem dire, but you give thanks for what's in your hand right now and you watch God touch it and multiply it and do something. I know your finances may look like it's not enough, but you need to be thankful that you have a job and thank God for the job you have and thank God that he's blessed you. Thank God you have a roof over your head. Listen, I can look around the room and I don't see many of us that have missed any meals. You have been fed at least something. It might have been hamburger helper. It might have been a tuna sandwich, but it was something that you had to eat. And listen, whenever you're thankful for what God has blessed you with, even when it seems like it isn't enough, when Thanksgiving is applied to it, all of a sudden a supernatural miracle begins to happen. A multiplication happens. And suddenly it is more than you ever dreamed it could be. That's why it's so important we live in Thanksgiving. It would have been really easy for Jesus to go, well, that's not enough. That's not going to do anything. That ain't going to, that, that won't even feed me. I'm a grown man. That's a lunch for a little boy. But Jesus said, this will do. I can do something with this. And when thanksgiving is applied, things begin to be multiplied. Let me say that again. When thanksgiving is applied, the miracle of multiplication begins to happen. If you're feeling insufficiency in any area of your life, stop talking about the insufficiency. And start giving thanks for what you have. Stop complaining about what you don't have. And start thanking him for what he has given you. I firmly believe this with everything inside of me. There are a lot of people that are seeking God's blessing without first being thankful for where they are. And God can't release more until you're thankful for where you're at. A lot of times what you need is right in front of you. And if you, would, if you would get a heart of thanksgiving, you'd begin to find the answer. You don't need a new spouse. You need to be thankful for the spouse you have. You don't need a new job. You need to be thankful for the job you have. Come on, somebody. Jesus does the same thing when he goes and he raises Lazarus from the dead. Y'all know the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. Jesus shows up and before he says Lazarus, he says, Lazarus come forth. He says this, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Father, I thank, Jesus hadn't even said it yet. He hadn't even said, Lazarus, come forth yet. And he already said, Father, I thank you that you have already heard me. Before I've even said it, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Nothing happened until Jesus first opened up with a heart of thanksgiving. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He's not begging, Father, I plead with you that you will please hear me. Father, I thank you that you have already heard me. <laughs> Because if you see this right, you'll understand that everything you need has already been given unto you, even if you don't see it yet. 
There's already been a made, there's already been a way made for whatever it is that you have need of in your life and in your situation. You just need to start thanking him for it, even if you don't see it yet. Father, I thank you that you've already brought peace in my family. Father, I thank you that you've already healed my body. Father, I thank you that you've already done these things. Father, I thank you that you have already made a way. Father, I thank you. Yesterday, I'll talk about the Betancourt Church. Yesterday, we were meeting with, with Lorena, and one of the things that I said in the meeting, I said, is when she comes home. And she said, that's right, when? I said, that's exactly right, when she comes home. Because we hadn't seen it yet, but we were already declaring the end of the thing from a beginning. We didn't know, we didn't have any clue what was going on. We didn't know any idea what was going on, but we know this, we know what God's will is. We know that God's will is peace. We know that God's will is unity. We know that God's will is healing. We know that God's will is blessing. So I'm going to go ahead and start thanking him right now, even if I don't see it currently. Because you know what? Faith begins to be built with inside of me. This is the reality. Thanksgiving releases supernatural, miraculous faith in your life. It releases supernatural faith within your life. All things have been made available to us already. You know, salvation is available right now to anyone who wants it. There will never be any more salvation available than is available right now at this very moment. It's not one day there will be a greater window for salvation. The window is open now for whoever shall want it, for whosoever will. For God so loved the world that God gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever, it is available right now. And you know the way that you receive it? Faith. Same way with salvation. I mean, excuse me, same way with healing. All the healing that has ever been made available is available right now. It's not that there are certain days where there's more healing on the shelves than there are other days. Healing's in low stock, low quantity. Get your request in now. That's not the way it works. All the healing that has ever been made available is already there. It's not like looking for a PS5. You gotta make sure you jump in when the stock is there. It's been like that for like two years. I was able to get my hands on one like the very first Christmas they were available. Woke up, I got one for, my, for Josiah. That was like his one Christmas present. One Christmas present. And I set my alarm clock at 3 a.m. because I heard some were gonna, there was a rumor on Twitter. Some were gonna be in stock. My alarm went off, I hit snooze. My wife woke up, pulled up her phone. She's like, they're in stock. And I like, like, I don't even know how I got out of bed. Like, it was like a kip up out of bed, like onto the ground, running across the house to my office where the computer was. <laughs> Took like an hour and a half on Best Buy's website to get through, but I got one. That's not how healing is. Oh, thank God. <laughs> All the healing, it is in full stock. And it's available to you today when you appropriate it by faith. And listen, when you live with a heart of thanksgiving, your faith is built. Supernatural miracles, supernatural faith is built in you whenever you live by faith. Whenever you begin to give thanks, it's built in you. It's how the supernatural is tied to thanksgiving. Faith is built when we give thanks. Scripture says faith comes by hearing. And hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I know, I know I've talked about this a little, a few times recently, but I really do believe this is a season of miracles that we 
are coming into like we've never seen before. And you know one of the ways it's going to happen? Faith comes by hearing and hearing. And whenever you give testimony, you know what you're doing? You are giving thanksgiving. You are giving thanks for what God has done. That's why every, every time we, 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 we sing the song, Too Good to Not Believe, I immediately start applying at every line that we sing. I'm applying a situation in my brain of where I've seen it with my own eyes, where I've lived it and experienced it. Because I'm going to bring my own self into remembrance and my own heart into remembrance. You can't allow the, we want the supernatural to be common in our lives, but we can't let it become common in our lives and our thinking. We can't take for granted what God has done and how he's shown up. And you have to be thankful in the midst of all of it and bring your own faith into remembrance and stir yourself up. I want to read a quote to you. I love this quote. Uh, it's from a ministry. It says this, Praise or thanksgiving isn't like the caboose that just follows what happens, but it's more like the engine of a train that makes things happen. It's not like the caboose that just follows what happens. It's more like the engine of a train that makes things happen. Let me put it for you this way. You don't praise on the back end of it. It's your thanksgiving and your praise that drives your miracle. It's not, God, I'm going to give you praise when the miracle shows up. It's, God, I'm going to give you praise, and it is my praise and thanksgiving that is going to make the miracle come to pass. You understand what I mean when I say that? It's his power, but it is our praise and our thanksgiving that builds our own faith up to receive what he wants to do and what he wants to release within our lives. Listen, thanksgiving has the power to release a miracle in you. It's the will of God for you to give thanks. Why? Is it because God just wants you to walk around with a smile and a pep in your step and clicking your heels together? Not necessarily, although that's much more pleasant than walking around dour and mad and angry. Nobody wants to be around the sour person. Nobody wants to be around the person who's always complaining. Anybody ever known the person who always complains no matter what's going on? Come on. Anybody been the person who complains about it? Y'all keep your hands down. <laughs> We've all probably at some level been that person at some time, at some season, with certain things that have gone in our lives. Had, a, had a, a tendency to look at the glasses, not just half full, but I mean, it's half empty, but like empty, empty, even if it's half empty. Right? My dad said Disney World. Yeah, he goes to Disney World and we see that side of him. Huh? Grumpy, that's right. <laughs> My dad says, I've done my time. I went when y'all were kids. We're done. We're doing something completely different. Mickey is no longer for me. <laughs> Nobody likes to be around the person who's sour all the time. We will do things to intentionally avoid the people who are sour. Especially if we're trying to have a good time, like in Disney World. <laughs> I'm playing with him. We will intentionally avoid people who are drains on things. Y'all know anybody been around somebody who's just a drain? SNL did a skit several years ago called Debbie Downer. Anybody remember the Debbie Downer skits? And no matter what somebody said, Debbie had something to say in retort. Come on, that was like, and the, the, there was the, the whistle, whomp, whomp, after she talked. The person who's always raining on the parade who always, you have a breakthrough and they gotta go, yeah, but it's probably not gonna last. 
Come on. I, I don't like, nobody likes to be around those people. Don't be Debbie Downer. Don't be the person that every time something good happens to somebody, you got to come rain on the parade. You should be the conductor of the parade when something good happens for somebody. You should be the one out front marching going, listen, we're going to shout about this and we're going to celebrate it and I'm going to be here and I'm going to be shouting. I'm believing for the same thing and I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to shout about them because it's my praise that's going to my thanksgiving that's going to power me and push me into my miracle. The worst thing you can do if you're believing for something and somebody else gets it is get mad because they got it and you didn't. If you're believing for family restoration and somebody else's family gets restored, don't get mad at them because their family was restored. Shout with them. Because listen, you will attract what you celebrate. You will, I'm going to say it again, you will attract what you celebrate. If you want family restoration, every time you see opportunity for family restoration, you better be doing a backflip, a cartwheel. Whatever you can do to begin to attract that in your own life, because it is thanksgiving that powers the miraculous in your life. Listen, now I, I'm, I'm close with this. I told you I wouldn't keep you a long time. I'll close with this. I realize in today's world and culture, there's a lot of things to worry about. There's a lot of concerning things. There's a lot of headlines and a lot of news, and there's just a lot of craziness in the world today. We've been talking about it all week. The world is crazy today. It's wild. They're wilding out there, some of the stuff the world's doing. There's all kind of crazy headlines you see on the news. We see recession. We see turmoil. We see unrest. We see this. We see that. We see the other. And by the way, sometimes you may just need to turn the news off. Hey, I'm going to amen myself. Sometimes you just got to turn it off. I'm not saying live like an ostrich with your head in the sand, but I am saying if you find things getting you down and negative, turn it off. Turn it off. Because guess what? The media is fueled on fear. Fueled on worry. Sometimes you just got to turn it off and say, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Though a thousand fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, it shall not come nigh my dwelling. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. I'm not saying ignore issues. I'm not saying don't connect. I'm not saying any of that. I am saying don't let worry drive you. Don't let fear drive you because worry and fear are some of the greatest enemies of thanksgiving that you'll see. And therefore, they are some of the greatest enemies of the miraculous. Worry and fear keep so many people out of miracles because they live in worry rather than living in faith. Fear, y'all probably heard this said before, fear is really just faith in reverse. Faith is a confident expectation that God's going to do something incredible. Fear is an expectation and concern that something bad is going to happen. And I would rather live in faith than live in fear. I'm going to say that again. I would much rather live in faith than live in fear. I'm not going to live in worry. I'm going to live in thanksgiving. Come on, band. I'm not going to live in a place where I'm concerned about if, if my job's going to disappear because of, 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 of uh, recession. I'm going to live in a place knowing that as I'm thankful that God is going to bring an abundant harvest, that God is going to release blessing, that God is going to release the miraculous as I'm faithful to live in thanksgiving. Faith is arising. Thanksgiving has the power.
to build your faith and unlock, unlock the supernatural power of God in your life. And I believe today that thanksgiving is being released, that power is being released, that favor is being released in your life. Will you stand up to your feet? Will you stand up to your feet? Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram, and don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.